Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support. Welcome back. We are on the, I'll say, coattails of our series on the family. Uh, but today, again, we got everybody in studio again. That's been a common thing. We've all been here for a while. Yeah. It's By the grace of God. I know, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, but we are at or coming up on, it seems like almost a year or one year anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. That monumentous mm-hmm. day that sent shockwaves throughout America. So I thought today we could probably take some time to go through what it's been like mm-hmm. over this past year. Um, one, from a perspective of the foundation and the work that's done here, but also uh, maybe go through some personal reflections on our experiences, you know, either with abortion or learning about the laws and, and how that's impacted our lives. Um, so what do you think about that? Yes. Yes. Excellent topic. Yeah. Yes. I'm in. Very I'm timely. In. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been amazing mm-hmm. as we prepared for this show and just uh, here at the foundation from time to time, just, you know, people asking me, hey, what this next episode's going to be, that sort of thing. And when I told them of the topic and they were like, it's a year already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that yeah. just the shock, you know, of, wow, that's, that flew by. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I think that also goes to the probably the idea in the Testament that so many people fought very hard for that day. Anticipation built up for that day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm without maybe fully thinking through, okay, what comes next? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Very true. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for, I mean, trying to be realistic of like, no, this is still the beginning of a different part of the journey. Sure. And so I think now we can maybe take some time to talk about mm-hmm. what that first couple steps of that journey has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe before we do that, how about we take a second, if you can remember, where were you on that day when you heard that news or kind of received that message? Yeah. I was... um I was actually driving in my car. It was, I remember it was uh, late evening for whatever reason. I was, if I was on Johnson Street, I was probably coming back from teaching theology of the body. I guess mm-hmm. if it was this, you know, I know we had classes in June. Um, yeah. I was probably on my way back from that. That's the only reason why I would be on Johnson Street by myself in the dark, basically. And um, my phone pinged, and um, it was a text message from someone who works here at the Desarmo Foundation saying, you know and and i screamed all the way home praise the lord praise the lord Mm. praise the lord you know whatever something all the way back to my house Mm. so yeah that's my memory so the the actual day or the time before that when supposedly someone from the supreme court leaked the opinion oh Mm -hmm. i wonder yeah yeah i can't remember that that. might have been what i heard yeah because that i think that happened late in the evening yeah Mm -hmm. yeah maybe that's what it was yeah that's what it is yeah yeah now that you bring that up yeah it might be that Mm -hmm. so i'll say that's how i I remember hearing about it first was and i mentioned reddit several times on the show but Mm -hmm. there's a number of threads that focus on news topics or people sharing things and that was the number one article on the first page of reddit Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. instantaneously, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that yeah. website is leaning a particular political affiliation. Mm-hmm. So of course the opinions right. and the comments were all of a certain mm-hmm. right nature thread. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, it was pretty quickly that it hit the internet and just caught like wildfire. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
I think it was that, now that you bring that up. Yeah. yeah I think it was not fi final, you know, whatever, absolutely. Yeah. It was, um, I think that's what it was, the yeah. leak. Mm -hmm. But then it was within, I think it was a few weeks or a month that mm -hmm. the actual opinion came out for the case that mm -hmm. it was it was being considered. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I remember, you know, originally hearing the news of the, the leak and then there was always that, that yeah. teeter-totter feeling of like, well, this is a leak. Mm -hmm. It's a draft opinion. Mm -hmm. It's not an actual court ruling. Mm -hmm. I want to see it in writing. You yeah. know? I want to see the, the actual final. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that also did something, too, where that started the conversation before it actually happened. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. Because mm -hmm. I remember yeah. some friends in particular, they're, one of the things I remember that week, there were some friends that were um, considering having another baby or they were considering getting pregnant you know, again. But also, there was a lot of misconceptions on well, the actual definition of what an abortion is. And if doctors can't do it, you mean I'm going to have to go to like another state if I have a miscarriage to like have medical oh, treatment. Right. So like, mm. right. there's all these misconceptions mm -hmm. before an opinion even came out. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it shows how big of a topic this is because life is yes. in balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember it wasn't, a, I won't say a, a, a rough week, but a lot of conversations happened with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. A lot rising to the surface with all of that, I yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. On the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned, I was going, um, I was scheduled to go to a wedding. Um, it was the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, right? The day that that, the, uh, that, uh, that ruling came through. And it just so happened that this young woman getting married um, had been on many March for Life pilgrimages. Hmm. Um, so it was kind of really interesting. And then when I got there, I realized that the person who actually started the March for Life pilgrimages in Baton Rouge, Peter Fletcher, was there as um, related to the family. And a number of people that we had gone on pilgrimages with for years. So we all sat at a table together. Oh, it was wow. surreal. How awesome. And just reminisced mm. and were like kind of, you know, the, celebrating. It was like this feast, you know, of this beautiful couple. Mm -hmm. Right. With the right orientation of family life and marriage, choosing the feast of the sacred heart of Jesus. This ruling comes down and we're all sitting at a table. It was like a banquet. You know, mm -hmm. it was so. Oh, yeah. It was such a gift. Yeah. I'll mm -hmm. never forget it. Oh, yeah. Very awesome. beautiful. Mm -hmm. The leak, as we mentioned earlier, um, as you can imagine, Miss um, Brenda being in the pro-life uh, battle for so many years, um, in all of it actually, since the uh, original announcement um, over 50 years ago. And so she obviously has some connections here. People know her. They are on, to use an old word, um, the Rolodex, right? Mm -hmm. Her name is yeah. there as pro-life representative, which mm -hmm. is a fantastic um, a testament to her her work here. And so for the leak, things started popping around here. We got mm -hmm. several mm -hmm. phone calls. Uh, can you make a comment? What wow. do you think? Yeah, TV, whatever. So it really started buzzing <clears throat> unexpectedly, you know, which I think hit a lot of people. Um, you know, there was thought and discussion that um, the that was going to be part of what was going to be heard, but that it would actually go the other way, even though um, more conservative judges were being put in place. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody really had any idea of this being the moment. So we kind of had, like you mentioned earlier, Kobe, a little bit of a forewarning of what could come. 
but we didn't know the timing or anything like that, uh, just that it would it could be possibly during the session or they could kick it down the road to the next one. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so Miss Brenda having some contacts in Washington, you know, even all that was pretty silent as to when it would actually occur. Mm-hmm. And so the actual day, uh, my wife, Lisa, who works here at the foundation, she gets a call from our neighbor um, who actually heard it uh, through the news. And it had just broke and just been reported. And so she immediately called Miss Brenda who had not heard yet, and oh, wow. she broke into joyful tears. <laughs> just, you know, it was a great moment for, for my wife and I oh, to, to share that moment with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, we quickly got off the phone with her because her phone started buzzing like yeah, crazy. Like and crazy. Yeah, you know? I bet. Um, so that was really, you know, great. Uh, I kind of got the, as they say here in Cajun country, the free songs. Just free songs, <laughs> yeah, just remembering, I know what that is. Yeah, just remembering uh, yeah. Uh, that moment and what we went through. So it was awesome to be able to, to celebrate that with her. It was really good. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I think um, probably a lot of us are, I don't say assuming, but this conversation has been just a part of the work we do and the the mm-hmm. stuff that's been part of our lives for so long. Yeah. Um, maybe some other people really haven't because it's just been the norm. Right. Actually, Val and I were talking about it yesterday as we're raising our son. Mm-hmm. The things that are posed as normal now mm-hmm. that were not maybe when we were younger. Right. Or just they were spoken of differently. And I think abortion has kind of been one of those topics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or like you said, like Miss Brenda's generation in that time, like they experienced that change. Mm-hmm. But today it's just a different conversation because mm-hmm. young people are being told or shown or presented things differently. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if we can maybe take a step back and talk about how, uh, do we remember the first time we learned about abortion mm-hmm. and how that maybe impacted you or maybe what you thought about mm-hmm. it. And then, you know, today, how does it impact your life today? Yeah. Um, 1973, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It just, uh, anybody knows the date when, when it, what, uh, Kobe's going to come up with that. I'm looking. Give me a couple seconds. That was, so, uh, 1973. So I was, um, my husband and I got married in 1973. So I know that I was busy, you know, finishing school or whatever, planning the wedding, doing all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't recall, you know, it's kind of muddled in that, that time. Um, although I was aware of it. I know that I was aware of it. Uh, my own personal uh, recollection of of it in some kind of way impacting me was when I discovered that I was pregnant from my fifth child and I was 40 and I had one with a um, a driver's permit anyway hmm. you know so there was this you know kind of long stretch there and um, I, I really couldn't uh, at first it was like I can't believe I'm pregnant. No, this, no, no, this is not happening. No, you know, that kind of denial. Um, and that when I first um, went to the OBGYN for the, for the test, you know, they, we used to say, you know, the rabbit died, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember where that came from. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so the test. And then I do remember, <clears throat> you know, that I was, I was, you know, sort of in shock. I, I kind of had a a feeling that this is what was going on um, and uh, the nurse came in and she said you're a you're a high-risk patient and uh, the reason you're a high risk is because of your age thanks a lot <laughs> the gray hair that was like a skunk across the uh, left side of my head that uh, premature gray um, maybe not premature but anyway that and that it was my 
fifth child. And so she said, you're a grand multipari. I'm not sure if that's the, the correct word. That's what I recall. And she said, what you need to do is to immediately schedule an amniocentesis so that we can find out uh, if there's anything wrong with the baby, you will have time to do something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I gave her a piece of my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I can't say, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know it was something to the effect um, this is my baby, no matter what mm-hmm. is wrong, as you say, with my baby. Uh, I am having this baby. Uh, I hear I, I hear what you're saying. And uh, no, I don't want any of your needles sticking in me because I need all the fluid I have. So get away from me and don't ever ask me this again. And she never did. Good. I mean, so, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that was about. But, but just to, to recognize that that might have been a very common thing. So you go to have your little pregnancy test you come back pregnant and they say you know because of this that or the other whatever thing that exists in your health whatever that uh, maybe you want to think about destroying this life Mm -hmm. so that was my that my that's my personal experience with that and I was um, I was horrified that she offered that you know being being a pro-life person that I always have been yeah um, it was something that was um, it was very, uh, very uh, un- unsettling to me that she would propose that to mm-hmm. me. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what I have to say about yeah. that. <clears throat> yeah, I learned about the abortion in- uh, issue when I was in high school. I think it probably was mentioned in our household before that, um, but there was a, uh, a a movie that had been made. It was called Silent Scream. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yep. so they, that was being shown through catechesis at St. Martin de Tours for, um, for my brother, who was a senior at the time, um, and I was a freshman. My mom wouldn't let me see it because she, my mom even never in her whole life watched The Passion. She just couldn't stand gore, and she mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that I wasn't exposed to something that would be too much for me. But I did end up seeing Silent Scream when I was in my early 20s and had begun youth ministry. And we actually took a group of youth to the abortion clinic in Baton Rouge to pray. And before that, we went to the memorial to the unborn that's Mm -hmm. in Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. And there we saw Silent Scream or something similar. And... um, and what I witnessed in those images struck me. In fact, I, I remember I was pregnant for my second child when I watched it. So it was very impactful mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And from that moment, um, pro-life and, and actually raising awareness of this issue and joining, you know, this, trying to overturn the way that it had been rooted in culture through educating youth was a primary piece mm-hmm. of youth ministry for me. Mm-hmm. It became a, a very stable and consistent thread that was always addressed during the months of October mm-hmm. and January um, until, like I mentioned, later on began taking um, pilgrimages to D.C. in the Baton Rouge Diocese uh, when I was working for St. Joseph's Church, which was a, a, yeah, a huge piece of being able to go on those pilgrimages and see, and then see it overturned. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Oh yeah. You know? Awesome. 
full circle. I was actually born in 1973, the year it was legalized. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So. To go back to your question, January 22nd of 73 mm-hmm. was when the final decision was ruled. Uh, of course, I should have known. Yeah. That. Yeah. January 22nd. Mm-hmm. But it says it was argued for over two years. And mm-hmm. then final ruling was on January 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I grew up Protestant. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are a number of things that are accepted and exist within the Protestant community and Christian communities that aren't really spoken of the same way as they are in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And so a number of these issues were kind of part of conversation and community, but in terms of like substantial resources or counseling, or it was always never really done at the church level. Mm-hmm. In the youth group, you always learned about stuff at like outside events or going to a camp or something else. And so when I was in high school, I remember there was this traveling show called Final Exit. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, remember that? that too? Do you remember mm-hmm. hearing about it? Yes. So the premise was it was a live action play mm-hmm. story of a young woman going mm-hmm. through different sequences in her life of either traumatic situations or difficult decisions and how that would impact your salvation. Yes. And so the, the story was you start off in this room. It's really dark. Smells funny. Mm-hmm. The, it's completely black. And then when the lights come on, there's like these demonic figures. It's mm-hmm. actors, right? Yeah. But then they guide you through these events in her life mm-hmm. and the trauma. So she goes to like a really traumatic car wreck and one of her friends dies. Yes. She goes to a party and gets taken advantage of. Yes. And then ultimately there is a scene where she goes to a doctor to get an abortion. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the way they depict that in mm. the, the play was traumatic. It was. I remember as a teenager, I'm like, what is yeah. going on? Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, Cause they, they, they make it to where it's almost not as realistic as possible, mm-hmm. but there's a doctor and then he's, mm-hmm. she's on mm-hmm. a table and yeah, mm-hmm. they make it to where like it is, it's visceral and you remember mm-hmm. watching yeah. that scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that scene mm-hmm. and how traumatic it was. And so I think a lot of young Protestants that either experienced something like that or had similar, you know, educational opportunities were like, it's traumatic. Yeah. For the person that's going through it, doctors seem heartless and cruel. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I became Catholic that the conversation shifted to, like, no, it's about defending life and the dignity of human life. Mm-hmm. And one of the first experiences I had going through RCAA, uh, actually, was one time I met your daughter Madison, was that oh, yeah. one of mm-hmm. the events in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. But after that, the youth group that I was in, the youth minister would do a service camp every year it was a whole week-long service camp and we went through the corporate works of mercy like one per day and then you spent a whole day in an immersive experience learning about that corporate work of mercy wow and uh you know defending the unborn was one of them and Mm -hmm. so we traveled to new orleans and at the time there was a clinic that was still active in new orleans Mm -hmm. and we would walk on the sidewalk and pray in front of the clinic and uh she asked me if I would lead the rosary, like for the group. So I could just remember walking on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. praying for this clinic. And there were a few people that would walk in, but like we had instructions, like, you know, someone like, don't talk to them. Like where they're said to be present and try to be a witness, you know, let the adults talk to people if they come up to you or try to say anything. So like, we weren't really confronted at that time, but um, I remember the conversation being presented differently. It's like, no, like 
defending life because the dignity of life is worth infinite, infinitely worth, you know, more than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, and so, you know, after confirmation, now abortion has just been part of being Catholic, mm-hmm. right? Like defending life and the dignity of human life mm-hmm. from the womb to the tomb. Yes. Not just in the womb. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like my perspective is totally different than mm-hmm. from when I was growing up because the dignity of human life is fundamental to everything that we believe. Yes. Uh, Do you think that the the Protestant, um, you know, uh, and the good Christian evangelicals and so forth, have they, don't you think they've come on board with, with the oh, dignity of life? For sure. And yeah, I, and that I was think, back when, yeah, I think which even, you're describing, yeah. But, uh, I think even then. at that time, they were there. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of groups that were walking side by side and supporting. And, yes, and I, I would met, think so, yes. I've met a lot of Protestant pastors since then that are very involved in the pro-life movement. Very pro-life, mm-hmm. yes, sir. I think it's just my experience being from a small, yeah. small Southern Baptist church. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That was it. Right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we really were, I don't say at the mercy of, but the education and the formation were yeah. from the pastor at that time. Right. Or, like I said, the opportunities that the youth minister yeah. proposed for us to go to those types of events it. or yeah. camps. Yeah. Sure, sure. So, yeah, they existed. I just wasn't exposed to it at that time. Uh, I see. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. I remember bringing youth to that uh, drama. Mm. It was Catholic youth. <laughs> yeah. um, but one of the things that we did before we went to the memorial to the unborn for the first time and then to pray at the abortion clinic was we went into, we had a nurse who was on our core team and she arranged, she was working in Baton Rouge at the time, she arranged a visit to the NICU mm. so they could see babies mm that were being kept alive at the same age mm-hmm. small, that small. Mm-hmm. other children were being aborted. Wow. And so that was very effective. Yeah, very good. Very mm-hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. But I think what you say, this transformation into not just this horror, mm-hmm. but the positive aspect of the dignity of the human person, the dignity of all life. I know that like in the, like in the last five years, there was some kind of, um, sense of like, oh, you know, with the pro-life issue, we just have tunnel vision about the babies yeah. and we're forgetting all these other aspects of the pro-life issues. I I could understand where that came from, but my um, kind of like trying to help with the understanding of why the focus is because that is the most innocent. Yeah. Protection of the most innocent. Mm-hmm. Not that these other issues are not as important but that is really our focus is th- this these children are helpless mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times their mothers are in situations that they're bound and feel like they have no other way out mm-hmm. you know and so i i although i understand we need to focus on all of the issues of pro life the focus of that i think was appropriate yeah, yeah. yes i agree with you mm-hmm. and i'll use this analogy cuz trying to think about it differently between legality and the law mm-hmm. versus what we often talk about is trying to influence the culture because mm-hmm. like you said like Ms. Brindle say like like in that moment they're vulnerable but really it's it's decisions and situations and circumstances that lead up to that point yes right. that shape prior, everything yeah prior decisions True. right Choices. yeah mm-hmm. and so that decision itself is is a catalyst moment because mm-hmm. it's a it's an inflection point right there is you can't change that decision mm-hmm. right and so it does carry a lot of weight mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of what happens from that point yeah it has to be the priority save them save them we'll talk to you later 
Yeah. Just save the baby. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll figure the rest of this out later on, but, you know, don't have an abortion, please. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to look at it like, again, don't mean this condescendingly, but I used this example yesterday for a professional presentation, but like children, huh, again, I'm learning with my son, like parenting is, is really redirecting their attention to things that are hopefully better for them mm-hmm. away from the things that they're attracted to or wanting to that are, are mm-hmm. harmful. But there are certain things that you don't just offer guidance. You have to intervene. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. So, you know, if he's if he's playing in the mud, mm-hmm. you know, he could slip and fall like, okay, that he mm-hmm. can slip and fall in the mud. He's not going to hurt himself that bad. He could eat some mud. And that's probably going to be okay as well. <laughs> he actually did that yesterday. So, yes, <laughs> he fell and dropped his cheese stick in the dirt, and he just took a bite of it. So I was like, you know what? A little dirt don't hurt. <laughs> no. Now he's immune to 4,000, you know, uh, yeah. microbes. Right. Yeah. But when we're cooking mm-hmm. and the oven is on right. and he's trying to pull open yes, the oven door, absolutely. it's like, nope, absolutely. I'm intervening. I'm not letting him touch the <laughs> oven. Right? Yeah. So yes. there is there is a measure of severity in terms of why right. the legality of that issue is so important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus hopefully mm-hmm. what we, again, the work we're trying to accomplish is education and inspiration Yes. To not have to get to that point. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's a both and, right? Yeah, yeah it is. But, the, but one holds a little greater weight, mm-hmm. right? To be able to save the life in the immediate. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess with that, one of our discussion questions is, you know, do you have an experience of someone you know or directly involved with someone that mm-hmm. experienced a crisis pregnancy? Um, looks like the table goes around this way with mm-hmm. me. So um, in order, huh? <laughs> uh, I had not really uh, my my notes to myself about that were you know family members and friends, um, but actually, it's myself. I I thought of this on the way over here. That pregnancy when I was forty, okay. It was, it was, um, I want to say it was, you know, traumatic to me, but at the same time, I recall walking in the neighborhood in the early stages, feeling trapped. Mm. And I believe it was a grace Mm -hmm. from God that gave me a momentary insight to what a woman in a crisis pregnancy might feel. Mm. Mm -hmm. It never, you know, had a moment to develop into, uh, I would consider an abortion. Mm -hmm. But I do, because I would not, and I had already talked to the nurse and all that, you know, right? But at the same time, there was this this moment sort of of terror Mm -hmm. uh, that I recall. And so as I'm thinking of a crisis pregnancy in, in, in that particular yeah. situation, I personally felt a crisis yeah. mm-hmm. in my life. Now, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember that feeling of being trapped. Hmm. 
there was there was no escape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this baby is coming. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. gonna have to carry this baby. I'm gonna have to be in public with my gray hair, you know, uh, with my 14 year old saying, "Mama, I'm so embarrassed," mm. you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, yeah. just whatever. All of that stuff that was going down. I had a job. I was teaching. I was gonna have to quit my job or take a maternity mm -hmm. leave or you know all of that, and all of that was racing through my mind. And I did feel a moment. Of uh, of being trapped. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's mm -hmm. my personal experience. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I guess I I too had a, some feeling like that too because we I've talked about being pregnant before mm -hmm. being married um, at nineteen, and mm -hmm. so that was a huge shift in my life. Very uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, fear. Mm -hmm. um, I too didn't think about ending the pregnancy because mm -hmm. of what I had learned, even without watching. Mm -hmm. Silent Scream, I had heard things, my, my parents, you know, being very pro-life in the way that they raised us. Um, but after that, uh, youth ministry gave me many opportunities to walk with women in crisis pregnancy, young women, and two of them actually were able to live here at mm. the DeZormo Foundation. Wow. Yeah, one of them very successful, um, you know, situation where she's now married to a man who has adopted the child and mm -hmm. they're raising a, a second child. I, I don't know if they've had more. I haven't checked with her lately, but very beautiful situation. Good deal. Also. She often talked about one of the uh, most wonderful things for her was the chapel mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. She would sneak out to her room <laughs> and go to sit with Jesus. I'm part of that kind of flowed from youth ministry of us having adoration and that kind of thing in the youth ministry program. The other um, is still you know, making her way through some healing. Um, a second young woman that came here, but her two children are like four and five now and they're doing so well. It's wow. a beautiful gift. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. To see the fruit of this foundation and then to end mm. up being where we are now, right? Yeah. To be able to be able to be a part of. So working this. here mm -hmm. um, on a regular basis, I obviously see a lot of folks come and go through the doors. Um, but we have. Um, <clears throat> consultants who actually work one-on-one -on -one with these women as well as uh, men um, often the male figure who's involved with the family um, they'll come in not not as often as I think would be better mm -hmm. um, but we still do have them which is great the thing that I think really got me closer to the situation to try to understand much of what Adele said um, was um, basically my ability um, to be the content director here at the Desarmo Foundation. Mm -hmm. And one of the mm -hmm. clients um, was gracious enough to allow me to capture her story on video. Mm. And <clears throat> it was amazing. I sat here uh, listening to uh, the story go through with her consultant sitting right next to her and this the love that they shared going through this mm -hmm. process which started out in her words the deepest lowest point of my life mm -hmm. which was a after she had had um, children already this pregnancy came into her life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and was really really struggling with the idea and abortion was one of the things that she had put on the table mm -hmm. for this situation mm -hmm. did not know how to get out of it mm -hmm. and the word trapped came out of her mouth several trapped. times mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um <clears throat> unfortunately we're 
kind of in a time situation here where we don't want to go on. But I could let uh, our listeners know that if you do go to our website, the Desarmo Foundation, uh, desarmofoundation.org, um, you can click through our homepage and you will see that story and you could actually watch it in, in its entirety. Um, mm-hmm. It's titled, Our Women's Center of Lafayette is Making a Difference. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to her story there. But extremely powerful um, both from a perspective of her strength and courage to walk through and do this, mm-hmm. uh, as also um, what happens here at the foundation um, with our chapel, um, with the consultants, um, oh, yeah. also um, mm-hmm. really basically feeding these women mm-hmm. um, courage mm-hmm. and that someone is listening to the struggles that they're having in their life. But like you guys mentioned earlier, that life being the key component in this yes um that it's not a choice this is a life mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so uh, if you get a chance uh, check out that story um but yeah until then that was really the first time that i had a chance to really um have that kind of a a life story impact me and i i found myself which is um when you're in um, journalism school you're not really supposed to be a spectator you're supposed to kind of um sort of work through the process and I found myself just sitting there in awe as they talked to each other mm. and I was like mm. oh this is great to be here you know and yes. I kind of forgot my questions and I'm like <laughs> oh that's right it's my turn let me jump in yeah. and ask another question mm. but a, a beautiful story yeah well thank you for sharing mm-hmm. I think you said something really important you said the strength of the women mm. who 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 accompany who yes. are, who accompany but mm-hmm. who also choose life and oh, then yes. just uh, mm-hmm. you know just all of the, you know, mm-hmm. month to month, day to day, just everything that ha- they have to deal with and, and still, you know, give birth. That's, mm-hmm. a, yes. you know, that's a big deal. Uh, and, and, and then to raise the child or, or to choose adoption or whatever it is that they, they decide. But um, very strong. And very that, strong that consultant, um, unlike which Becky mentioned earlier, a lot of people want to sort of shackle um, the pro-life sure. uh, movement with you, all you care about is the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Miss Brenda's um, idea uh, here at the foundation is a 24-month walk after oh, the baby has wonderful. been uh, yeah. born, um, then um, they are able to come and, um, and that uh, support not only goes to the mom and mm-hmm. some of what they need um, through our resale stores here, mm-hmm but also um, education, and we do a, a monthly a Baby and Me class, which you know educates them on certain right. uh, nutritional needs, educational needs, financial needs. So that's a 24-month walk yeah. um, by the time. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. I so can say, you know, like I, I was with the Sisters of Life, two of them at Echo mm-hmm. last year and um, Echo Camp in Abbeville, and um, they were impressed by mm-hmm. what the Disarmo Foundation was doing. Awesome. There's not many foundations no. like it mm-hmm. that are that fully um, resourced to be able yeah. to do the long journey, you know. And so, and and then even there's transition homes now, right? right. Mm-hmm. That they yeah. can. We got it all, right? y'all. I mean, it's a <laughs> we got it all, beautiful y'all. gift. Yeah, thanks, yes. thanks to our, our yeah. donors, just Incredible. tremendous, yeah, tremendous mm-hmm. um, gifts that we have uh, received through our our community here which is you know um what what i think we have a pro-life community mm-hmm. that that supports the foundation yeah. so beautiful mm-hmm. yeah can i ask a probing question too maybe into that because mm. as you're saying that i know one of the things that attracted me to you know joining the mission with the podcast and and to help contribute to a couple things here is what the work 
of the foundation mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. because oftentimes like you said the main the main uh objection is you only care about the baby mm-hmm. right. like, okay well here's a prime example of an organization that is providing all the things that you critique the pro-life movement for not doing mm-hmm. yes okay mm-hmm. what how would you respond to that mm-hmm. and most people that i share that with there's no there's no real emotional reaction mm-hmm. it's just like oh that's nice Hmm. and so Hmm. you talk about like donors and i'll just ask if we have any insights like how many people donate to the foundation that we know typically are within the catholic community versus those who may not have the same value system but know that the the mission of the organization is is good and something that needs to be supported Mm -hmm. because ideally this to be scaled in so many other places would be the idea like it'd be the dream yes Mm -hmm. this Uh, is the model Mm -hmm. similar to like what you hear about like drug clinics in European countries, right? Mm-hmm. They have like clinics that help people transition into a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. based on hands supporting them through the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ideally this should be set up in all states. Right. Yep. In all places. Yep. To be that resource for women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I recall, Brenda said that when she had the the idea, the concept, she went to Chicago, Chicago, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, viewed one. She wanted to do it right, and she wanted it to be Catholic. Yeah, mm-hmm. not just you know a secular. Yes, th- those are good, and they mm-hmm. are they're helpful. But she, being a Catholic, strong Catholic, wanted it to be Catholic. She knew she needed to do that. She knew she needed the grace of God, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what she says all the time: mm-hmm. only by the grace of God. So she visited, and she saw that they did have a chapel or or whatever. Okay, Mm -hmm. so then she comes back, and she begins. And then, of course, the consulting was the very first thing, Mm -hmm. you know. And then as her work became known, and there were donors and and so forth and so on, that that she was able to grow and expand and address these various issues. For instance, um, you know, um, the diapers and the formula. And then eventually, <clears throat> pardon me, um, baby beds. Mm. And um, excuse me again. <clears throat> um, and then um, a place to stay. Yeah. They were homeless, yeah. living in cars or living on the street. So then she, she had a maternity home. And then there were some who were not ready to leave, but needed to leave, you know, to make room for, for more homeless. <laughs> and so there's a transition home, you know. And then we have the, uh, the attic where we have donated uh, household items where when they are ready to go launch off and go live in their own you know, apartment or house mm-hmm. or whatever they are, they can get um, at a very, very reduced price, and some of them, I guess, free, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. you know, beds, a sofa, chair, pots, pans, yeah, you know, all, a microwave. Yeah, it's all, free. all free. Is it free yeah. for the for the for the clients? The clients, yes. For the mm-hmm. clients and the residents, yeah. Yeah, and wow. then and then we have our our arm is the educational mm-hmm. arm because and that's something that we need to talk about in just a, a few minutes. But um, uh, f- please fill me in, uh, Tom, if you know of something that I omitted that that we do follow, like you said, for twenty four months with these mm-hmm. women. So even after they have the baby. And, and, and the excuse, you know, you just care about the babies. No, no, we, we walk with them for two years. Yeah. They're welcome to come back. What do they come back? Once a month, once a once week? Once a month, yeah. Once, once a month, once they a come month. back and they check in mm-hmm. with their consultant. Check in with their consultant. Yeah. And they, they keep a file on them. And mm-hmm. so they're looking at their progress, what's, mm-hmm. um, what issues they, they are struggling with, both personally 
um, as well as with their child, and then we recommend resources. So mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. as we have on our um, Theology of the Body website, um, um, the team here also gives out um, government resources, resources within the Catholic Church here in the Diocese of Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that's out there, they are able to call, make appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, of course, make sure that they are on the right path through any government assistance. Mm-hmm. So where they're getting um, you know, meals uh, that they have uh, provided for them, those sorts of things. And then, of course, the baby and me, um, which is a re- resale store in itself, that was the first thing that Miss Brenda opened in order to be able to provide donated items um, to these moms and at no cost to them. So it's free vital services that we give them as well as free vital products for both them and their child. And that could be clothing, diapers, Mm -hmm. wipes. Um, If you need, uh, although they are able to get those free now, uh, breast pumps, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. formula, Mm -hmm. um, pretty much takes care of the baby's needs. And then uh, the mom could pick up some clothing there uh, for the baby, can pick up some clothing, clothing for herself. Um, so it's really um, at those stages of early uh, childhood, as well as a mom um, just trying to learn about how to take care of this child if this is the first um, birth for them. You know. And I want to add something that I, I know that I, I omitted because it's just coming to my mind. I know that the Desomo Foundation also has helped in the past. I'm not sure exactly what the status is right now. Helps them to get their GED. Yeah, the education mm-hmm. piece. <clears throat> yeah, The GED. Uh, some of them go on mm-hmm. to uh, a junior college or one yes. of these places where they can mm-hmm. get a training, uh, you know, six, vocational eight, ten training. weeks. Yeah. Yes. Vocational training, uh, stuff like that. And it's paid for. Yes. Yeah, they pick up. we yeah. pick up the tab. I was going to mention that with yeah. the two women I sent. It's that a was big their deal. experience. That's yeah. a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so that they can go mm-hmm. in and support themselves yeah. with work. Yeah. You know, yeah. at, at some point in in the future when they're ready to uh, to take that on. Yeah. Which is, yeah, big it's, deal. It's huge. I mean, that's that's it's the huge. key. That's the key. Because mm-hmm. I could tell you even, I have some experience volunteering for a men's home mm-hmm. for a while. And the story is very similar. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the gap between, you know, where they are versus having the means to be on their own two feet. With a child. With a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's wide. Yeah. That is a uh-huh. wide gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes men probably are a little more uh, more risk, uh, risk taking, but they're willing to just do things, uh-huh. you know, irregardless of what the government says or what the laws are or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I remember talking to a few men and it's like, like, yeah, I got a truck. So I, I got my job and I'm going to work. I was like, okay, well, do you have insurance on the truck? Like, how are you, how are you paying for it? And like, I don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. So like, there's all these things that like keep people from being mm-hmm. able to take those steps to make progress. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for, an organization to offer what is needed mm-hmm. free of charge yes to make that gap right is what makes or breaks people actually making yeah. it yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so they teach the women also how to handle finances right yes. and how to yes. manage their household as a single mom yeah so that they're not vulnerable to feeling like they have to connect with uh maybe bad company again to try to provide for themselves correct right yeah or bad uh, you know things that yeah would yeah, cause them to go into the same cycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. get out of the break the cycle. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all all made possible through generous donations. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Um, can't thank our donors enough. Yeah. 
So I thought we'd maybe take that piece one step further and make it a little more personal about the organization. Mm -hmm. How has, I guess, either the level of activity or the engagement with clients that come in been since the change of that law? Mm -hmm. Have you noticed Mm -hmm. the difference or have y'all noticed anything has changed? Yeah, as Becky was uh, getting this show together in in our scheduling, um, I was trying to get uh, my wife, Lisa, who runs the Women's Center here, uh, scheduled to come in to talk with us. Um, And we tried to do that also with with Miss Brenda, they they are both booked um, as to what's what's going on in their lives here at the foundation. Um, and so I'm going to try to do the best job I can since I'm mm-hmm. I'm here pretty much every day, um, unless I have to go out with Miss Brenda when we're doing some media stuff. But first off, um, the law, as far as looking like it is um, slowing down um, people's thoughts, first abortion. Um, that seems to be working in its, you know, um, methods. Hmm. So, and I say that just based on the amount of calls have decreased down to easily four to five a month that we used to have. Um, and then now it might be one every other month. Wait a minute. Calls <coughs> with the call you're the saying, nature they're the calling call. to say, can I have an abortion here? Yes. Oh, okay. Because okay. okay. yes. it's called the Women's mm-hmm. Center. The women's so center. They, mm-hmm. they incorrectly think that this might be in a, a place they can obtain right. an abortion. Okay. And and in that conversation, it is basically sharing with them um, that prior to the law changing, it was the law that anyone who talked to you medically about having that procedure mm-hmm. had to explain the procedure in full. And so all of our uh, consultants here are trained, fully trained to be able to communicate them mm-hmm. with that. Um, we do have an ultrasound machine here that is um, offered free of charge. Um, depending on where you are within the pregnancy, because uh, sometimes if it's too early, it's not really appropriate for that. You can't really see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those things are, are um, part of that conversation, right, that we used to have, and now um, there's just fewer calls, mm-hmm. um, people being more aware, I would imagine, mm-hmm. of the law um, and how they're dealing with their situation. Um, I think I can only say that it looks like they're deciding on life because what we see in clients coming to uh, the foundation here, which are those um, women who come here for two years, um, it's gone up 85%. Wait a minute, 85% over what? Over what we had prior to. So our traffic now, as far as women asking to be part of our program, has increased 85% since before the law actually came into effect wow. before it was changed yes. before the overturn okay yeah, overturn 85 percent increase so almost double <clears throat> almost yeah wow oh my goodness yeah and so calculating that <clears throat> wow um which is amazing um and, but it looks like it's you know definitely leaning on the the side of life which is fantastic praise yes. the lord for that amen only by the grace of god oh, right god. uh and a morning is probably not that I mean, it has increased, but probably not the number of women increased 85% that's experiencing that. It's probably now that they, the, the law is what it is, mm-hmm. they have to find other resources. Seeking mm-hmm. out, yes. yes. So if this is the case, this is the law of the land, like they used to basically talk about abortion, right? Mm-hmm. It's the law of the land. Well, now here in Louisiana, it is against the law for you to do that. So they are like, okay, let me look at what else is available out mm-hmm. there. And that's where, you know, fortunately through word of mouth, um, hopefully some part uh, social media is playing in that, which I 
work with that here at the foundation, mm-hmm. our website, mm-hmm. yeah. um, local community um, of folks who are taking care of people within their communities in and around Acadiana. And this is uh, not only organizations, and Becky mentioned the sisters earlier, mm-hmm. we had a call from them last week oh. that they wanted to, um, there was someone who was here in Lafayette that used to be with them in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, she was being trafficked. And um, we had to work with her on the process here of helping her out. Um, but so there's other organizations within the country that are noticing what we do here wow. tapping and in. tapping into wow. hey because this is somebody that you guys can help with wow. so what we're looking at with that is um we had to hire some more staff mm. um and then also um our residents um had to be enlarged so for our maternity mm-hmm. home um that's a it's a bigger place now so we have more beds um and last i checked at this time of taping i believe we had six moms in the home Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those with um, existing children, and some of those are first-time moms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so six moms, um, and I think we can house up to nine at that location. Mm-hmm. So certainly, um, uh, as far as having the whole package, like we mentioned earlier, and, mm-hmm. and Kobe was saying, this would be great for this to be in every community. Yes. Yeah. What we find from those calls from outside of the Acadiana area is it seems like people are lacking um, that maternity home piece. Yeah. Yes. That there's there's mm-hmm. no place for mm-hmm. women who are homeless. And this is different situations that I've witnessed. Um, unfortunately, some um, have been kicked out of their own homes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's varied through it being the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, um, it is through drug use, mm-hmm. alcoholism, and whoever they're working with in their homes have kind of had it. They're just like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, they're at a breaking point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, fortunately, we're here in a lot of situations. Can't help everyone that's out there because we do get some people who come and interview and don't want to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, in their journey, they're just not ready to um, settle down, I guess, and mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. else you'd want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the bigger struggles I think that we're seeing is uh, the women who are coming in with um, some sort of mental illness. Yes. Um, and when mm-hmm. that occurs, uh, from what I'm learning, whatever medication you can use to help stabilize that situation in your life, that illness you can't actually take those medications. No one will give them to you while you're pregnant. While you're pregnant, right. yeah. Because it could uh, impact mm-hmm. the baby. Correct. And so mm-hmm. they struggle with that. And um, while we do have a lot of resources here, we are not equipped to handle um, someone who is really struggling with mental illness. Mental illness. Yes. Um, but here, at least, um, we do have a recent uh, resource that has come up, and it is a maternity home here in town. Um, that actually specializes in that. Oh, good. Wow. So, um, oh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And any more information that you would need uh, for that, please call here at the Desarmo Foundation, mm-hmm. and we would be able to share that mm-hmm. uh, information with you guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, so wow. that that's really awesome. Yes. Okay. That is, you know, <clears throat> it's so, um, um, it's, I, I feel so grateful mm-hmm. that there is so much here to offer to help 
you know, these women. And I just see the magnitude of the the problem hmm. that all of this brings up. And I would like to mention something uh, that Brenda told me uh, when we she and I first started agreeing that we were going to, you know, be in tandem. We were going to pull the same wagon in the same direction kind of thing. <clears throat> but that we had different skills and gifts to offer. And I remember her telling me, we're standing on the front porch over there, and she said, Adele, she said, I've been at this for, you know, 20 years or 30 years or however long it was. And she said, we have prayed thousands of rosaries. We have marched on all the marches. Mm -hmm. We have gone to the Capitol and passed legislation, you know, and we have saved thousands of babies and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of moms. We've helped, you know, thousands of moms. She says, but something baffles me. What, Brenda, what? She says, the number of crisis pregnancies that present themselves here at my center, our center, the women's center, the number never goes down. Mm -hmm. It's going up. Mm -hmm. And she said, I believe, after you know much experience and observation and so forth, she says, it's because we've never addressed the root cause of the problem. Yes. Okay? And that's, she said, <laughs> that's what you're going to do <laughs> with the theology of the body. She no, said. No pressure. She no, said, pressure. no, no pressure. She said, I want you to put me out of business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to correct, see, and, and I've read a bunch lately about uh, the overturning, you know, and all this uh, stuff. And I saw, you know, oh, we've got to help the moms and all this. And yeah, we're doing it, you know, here at Disarmo is. Uh, but. <clears throat> I never saw any articles, of course, maybe if I keep looking, we got to address the cause of this. Yes. And the, the, the answer, the antidote to the culture of death, according to St. John Paul, is the theology of the body. Mm -hmm. And until the truth gets out as to the dignity of women and men, their true dignity made in the image and likeness of God. We're just putting band-aids on the stuff. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and we're hemorrhaging, yeah. you know, basically, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. it's just, it's not going away until we address the root cause. So, again, another both and, yes. right? Yes. It needs yes. to be no, both. It needs to be both. both and. Oh, absolutely. Um, and both are, are so necessary, right, to be able to address these issues and to be able to, um, yeah, have hope for a different outcome in the future. Absolutely, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, just uh, what is it called—a paradigm shift? Is a that paradigm the, is that the shift, correct, right? the correct term? Yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Right enough. there, just we we gotta completely change the mindset. Yeah, and I know that we're gonna address, you know, the contraceptive mentality and all that uh, in the in the coming episodes. So um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I guess that's a good way to. To go ahead in this episode and say what we're going to talk about next time. Yeah, mm -hmm. there you go. Mm -hmm. so it's coming up. Continue yeah. the topic. Huh? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and we actually have a couple more questions that we didn't even get to. Which oh, just yeah. showed you how how, how heavy much? this conversation yeah. is. Oh yeah, you know, that's every conversation we have. We can always keep talking. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have a problem. Yeah. You got a problem? <laughs> nope, no, we don't. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so thank you for joining us, and uh, please continue to pray with us as we try to to tackle and hopefully address this this big mountain of issues that we're trying mm -hmm. to get through um and 
we will also link a number of the things that Tom mentioned, such as the, the testimonial videos and the stories and the other stuff that was on the website um, in the show notes for you to access. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you again next week. And thank you for joining us today. You can find everything we referenced and discussed in today's show notes. If you'd like to contact us with a question or comment or anything you want to share, let us know. Please send an email to handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Again, that's handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. We are available on all major networks such as Spotify, Apple, or Google. If you have a minute, please leave a review. Honest, what you think. We definitely want to know. Share with your friends, family, anyone who is human that you think can benefit from these conversations. Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X foundation.org to donate look under funds column and choose theology of the body thank you for your prayers and support